Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Everag Podcast. I am your host, Cody Coster. With me today, I have Mr. Jake Kingsley out of Texas. Uh, Jake is the Director of Feed Procurement here at Everag. Jake, how are we doing? Doing good. How are you today, Cody? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. So I think a big thing uh, with markets kind of on the move as of late, you know, the past week, week and a half, there's, there's been a lot of eyes directed towards uh, corn and soybeans, and especially bean meal for some of the producers that we have that we work with. Can you give us a little synopsis of the, uh, you know, we'll call it the, the drought on the Canadian crops that's going on right now that seems to be pretty big in the market talk? Yeah, so um, we've been focusing pretty hard on protein here for for a while now in the feed space. And so we've had these drought conditions in the western part of the U.S. grain belt for a while, and uh, we're catching a little bit of relief there. Um, But that drought area stretches up across most of the Canadian grain producing region as well. And they're at a point now where it's putting... It's putting uh, quite a bit of a hurting on their canola crop up there, um, reducing their yields considerably. And with the protein balance sheets already as tight as they are around the world, that doesn't help us out too much at all on the feed buy-in side of this deal. They've been under a drought for a good while, and now we're starting to see uh, soybean meal futures run back up. They took a dive there the first week of July. They've reclaimed about half of that loss here this week. And we're seeing basis numbers start to firm up as well. We saw early on in the year, uh, a lot of mills had no offer on soybean meal and canola meal, um, just due to the unknown factor in the crop and the tight balance sheets. They weren't sure what they were going to be able to buy this fall. And then we caught some rains and got a bunch of bean acres put in the ground here in the U.S. The crush plants were able to get some beans bought and started to get comfortable selling some product and mills were able to put on positions and dairies were able to get some stuff bought. And uh, now we've seen, I think, the first wave of buying come in and and eat up a good bit of that position. And as we see this weather stress in Canada put some more pressure on the canola crop, we're seeing some offers go away. Some mills are pulling their clock offers going down to just an O&D or an Oc March number. And we saw values drop off 10 or 15 bucks in a lot of areas there in May and early June. And since then, they've come right back up about 10 or 15 bucks and are, feel like they're going to start firming up a little more here as this heat wave in Canada continues. Absolutely. And, and I know you and I earlier this week, Jake, talked about you know DDGs and gluten a little bit. Can you give us a little bit of a run through on what, what that's looking like throughout the country and will this drought... Uh, on the Canadian crops have a big effect on the DDGs or maybe even the gluten market going forward here? Sure. So the thought is right now that if if there's an opportunity for for a staple feed ingredient to to ease up a little bit in price, it's, it should be in new crop DDG and gluten. The offers out, out there aren't too abundant and they're fairly firm still for your clock contracts. But what we're seeing in the spot market and and the remainder of the summer months, primarily in DDG, is those numbers have dropped down from, say, in Texas in the 250, 260 range to sub 200, 190 even for some spot tons. And that's a function of 
high gasoline demand, which creates high ethanol demand, and uh, they're making good margins, especially as corn kind of tapered off here in the last month or so. Uh, they're making good margins on their ethanol. They want to keep producing that, so they got to get DDG out of the way in the meantime to keep those plants fluid. If we can continue to hold that ethanol demand up high going into the later part of this year, there's reason to believe that corn kind of stays down here where it's at. We could see a break in DDG values uh, going into the end of the year. Maybe you don't get an, a full clock contract break, but surely some Ocnov Dece or some Oc March numbers coming down closer to a, a 220, 230 out here in the Texas area and, and something similar, maybe $10 higher out on the West Coast. And gluten having been on and off the market many times in the last year has lost a lot of market share. They've got to earn back some good faith with their customers. And so they're going to have to run down and compete quite similarly with DDG and these other proteins to get back into the ration at the rate they're used to. For sure. So besides pricing, I think another big thing that, you know, I know our company talks about and that producers on both sides are looking at is the basis. And I know it's been a few weeks since we've had you on here, but what is the basis kind of looking like throughout the country, maybe from the Midwest to where you are out West as far as on some of these products? So we've covered a little bit of that on uh, soybean and canola meal already. We got down to some very historically average numbers out here. Texas Panhandle was at like a 30 over fob for soybean meal and something around 50 under or so on canola meal. And then you were, oh, 10 or $15 higher out in the West. So we settled down into some very seasonally average numbers there for a while. Those popped back up 10 or 15 bucks in the last few weeks with the canola concerns in Canada. Expect those to continue to firm with this tight balance sheet. And then if you take a look at corn, I think we maybe have an opportunity there on corn basis. We had a lot of concern coming in with a tight balance sheet there as well and potential for a little bit of a short crop with the drought issues in the western part of the belt. But now we're looking at uh, potential for some record yields in parts of the eastern half of the corn belt. And so when you bring the two of those together, we're maybe not in such of a bad situation on the corn side of the deal. Perhaps we can see a little bit more of a break in basis on corn as we move towards harvest and kind of make this crop going through the, the second half of July. So something to take a look at there. I think it's probably going to be a bit of a short-lived little drop, kind of like we saw in the protein space. First buyers to get in are going to get some of the better deals. And then as these vendors kind of heat up their positions and have to go in and buy more, you'll see these bases start to ratchet up fairly quickly. Absolutely. I think, you know, when we were talking offline a little bit, there's a few folks out there that, um, you know, you said have no offers right now for the basis contract. Is that is that true? Um, that's, that's happening a little bit in the protein space. Yeah, um, it's just starting to come back. And, and again, I think that's a function of, of a tight balance sheet and uh, these, these crush plants and, and mills running through their positions. And we had a pretty good wave of, of dairymen come in and buy some of their soybean and canola meal needs when we had futures down here around the 350 or so mark. And they were able to get some real average basis numbers on. We had quite a few folks come in and and get their coverage on then. And now I think you're starting to see a lot of these vendors kind of get to where they're back in a 
fairly tight position and they don't want to go out and forward sell something that they don't quite own or know what it's going to cost them later yet. So it's not as widespread of a, of a no offer or a short offer type of situation as what we were seeing this spring. But if drought conditions continue and we don't get the bean crop and the canola crop that we need here, uh, we could be right back in that boat. That's we were preaching it quite a bit here earlier on in the year. I think, I think we're seeing the opportunity and even still now values are pretty good on protein. I wouldn't be afraid to step in and, and buy a good chunk of my protein needs at, at prices today, especially looking out forward. There is a real possibility that we come up short and this world protein balance sheet remains tight for another year and then we're right back where we were uh, this spring. So I still think even as things tighten up now, we, we're still looking at some pretty, pretty good opportunities price-wise today. Well, that's good to know. And I think that basis thing is definitely something to, you know, for everybody to keep an eye on, hopefully it starts to get a little bit looser as we get towards harvest. But uh, as you said, time and drought conditions will will probably dictate a lot of that. Yeah, and and these basis numbers aren't terrible. They're not they're not great, but I don't think we're going to see great basis numbers on the protein side this year anyway. So if nothing else, a guy can come in and and book a basis contract and then wait on the futures or more preferably come in and, and use some sort of an option strategy or take a futures position to manage this futures risk if they want to kind of work through some more of this growing season on the bean crop and, and see if we catch another break as we get closer to harvest on the future side of the deal. And another option you can look at is if, if you're already in a situation where where your local providers have gone no offer, Definitely worthwhile to come in and, and take some actions on the on the future side of the equation here. I mean, we're sitting down here still at a 365 December soybean meal futures. That's that's towards the bottom end of the range here. I mean, we've been as high as 430 plus there, and we've only been as low as 348. So we're towards the bottom end of the range. If if you're at a no offer situation and you want to get some coverage on at least go take take a piece of the futures out of the equation. Absolutely. Just I mean, just looking at the chart as you're kind of talking through that, Jake, we're at prices that we had saw as the run-up had kind of started towards the end of 2020, um, sitting at the same prices we were last December. Right. So to your point, good time to call in, get futures on if you can't find an offer, or or maybe, you know, buying calls, selling puts, that kind of thing. Exactly. Awesome. Well, um, for anybody that would like to talk through pricing or basis with Jake, we're going to put his contact information in the description of this podcast as a best way to reach out to him. Um, but with that, Jake, I, I appreciate you being on here, talking through the, the drought, the DDGs, and, and also the basis um, you know, throughout the country here. Absolutely. It's always good to talk to you, Cody. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. All right. And with that, everybody, that's going to do it for another episode of Ever Ag Podcast. We will see you next week.